Ever wondered what life is like as an international cabin crew? A flight attendant who gets paid to fly and travel around the world? Deep dive with me and my special guest, Julian Gronberg, as we explore everything that you need to know in regards to being an international cabin crew. Hey, I'm Steph, and I'm obsessed with all things travel, marketing, branding, and helping you stand out from the crowd. In just under two years, I went from being a home-based travel agent with zero clue how to make it work in the digital world to launching an international ranking travel podcast and creating an online course to help travel agents in lead generation. Here's one thing I know for sure. There has never in the history of the world been a better time to create the travel business you've always wanted. All you need is an actionable strategy and someone to show you the way. Picture this, we're going to spend the next hour of our time together at the Swim Up Pool Bar, where over a cocktail, we deep dive into travel-related topics, mixed with a little classroom training. This show is dedicated to encouraging you to step outside of your comfort zone and into your travel business. I'll show you how I did it and how you can too. Hit subscribe now and let's get into it. If you're a travel agent wanting to onboard your perfect fit clients into your biz, download my free cheat sheet for lead generation systems you can use right now. Head to stephaniemyers.academy forward slash cheat sheet. You're listening to Unplug in Paradise, the podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Unplug in Paradise, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Myers. I'm your travel agent and host. In today's episode, I have a very special guest. His name is Julian Gronberg, and he has been in the airline industry for quite a few years now, and his role was an international cabin crew. So if you've always wondered what it's like to live in the sky, work in the sky and travel all over the world, then dive in with me while I ask Julian some really, really (laughs) funny questions. Um, And also just to tick off everything on the list of what there is to know about cabin crew. I'm sure there's so much more that you want to know. So if you do want to know more, let me know and I can ask him and find out for you. That's not a problem. Also, if you'd like to take a moment and join me while I recognise the generations of local Aboriginal people of the Bundjalung Nation who have lived in and derived their physical and spiritual needs from the forests, rivers, lakes and streams of this beautiful valley over thousands of years as the traditional owners and custodians of these lands. Let's dive in with the episode with Julian. I have so many questions and I can't wait to share them with you. Let's go. So today on the episode, I have Julian Gronberg with me. So Julian has been in international cabin crew for quite a number of years now. So we have so many questions. I just want to get into it. So I'll start off by asking you, Julian, how you fell into your role as cabin crew and was it something that you were passionate about before you got into the role? Yeah, no, thanks, Steph. Um, 
the funny thing was it, it, it wasn't something I was really passionate about. Like I got into becoming a flight attendant um, when I was 30, which is a lot older than um, a lot of the crew that I've worked with. A lot of them have done it for many, many years. But um, mm. I, I was kind of at a career crossroads, you could say, or I, I'd been doing working for a marketing agency. Then I'd done some freelance work. And that wasn't really paying my bills. So um, as, as a well intention that I was to, you know, hustle and all that kind of thing, I saw the job um, online. I thought, you know, it's always something that I thought would be quite fun, but I've never mm. really seriously pursued it. I thought, oh, um, I, I think there's a lot of stereotypes about cabin crew, like you have to look a certain way or um, be a certain type of person. But none of those are actually true in my experience once I started to do the job. There definitely is the okay. the stereotype of the um of the the dolly, I suppose you could say, <laughs> um, and that that exists. But there's also so many more different types of people. There's like a really diverse range of um, cultural backgrounds, um, ages as well. Um, okay. So it's actually a really big family, and it's very diverse. Yeah, okay. So when you say dolly, you mean like a Barbie? Yes, the trolley dolly, the cliche, beautiful right. girl oh, with, a, with the blonde hair <laughs> or even I guess there's the male version of that too. Um, the Ken know, doll. The Ken doll, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that like people like it's like there's a certain aspect of the job um, that you kind of want to look good because you're so visible to yes. a sea of faces basically all turning their heads towards you as you're coming down the aisle. So it's on your mind a bit. I've never wanted to get caught up in that because I think that's just a little bit vain and silly. But um, yeah. at the same time, you've got to keep yourself like you, you've got to keep your hair neat. And, you know, the airlines have all these requirements around sort of personal grooming and uniform and all that too. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that's the aspect of it as well. Yes, and you've got to, you know, if you've got any visible tattoos and things like that, there's quite a, yes. quite a lot surrounding that too. And sometimes when I've flown, you're not looking at the staff too much, but you do definitely notice if they've got like a Band-Aid on their wrist yep. or yep. a Band-Aid on the back of their neck um, if there's something visible. And you only notice because maybe there's like hair caught in it or something. <laughs> Yeah. And it's kind of like, girl, you got a tattoo. You I can see it. it. Like, yeah. No. I can see it. <laughs> um, the tattoo thing is a bit of a problem if you're wanting to get into the job because I, I think that's a bit unfair. But um, I know that if there's visible tattoos, there's a pretty good chance you won't get hired um, because they've got just got so many applicants, you know. So, um, yeah, look, they still have um, an image thing. And it'll be interesting to see in the future um, where that all goes. And, and, you know, I don't think tattoos are pretty mainstream now. I mean, I don't have any and I'm sort of glad I never did. There was a time when I was pretty tempted, but if I haven't got one now, I'm never going to get one basically. And, um, yeah, look, there's that, um, that's one of the, the things um, you have to consider, I suppose. But there's also many other things um, that they're looking for as well. And so, you know, um, we can talk about that too, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like the perfect job when you don't, when you don't have any commitments and you don't have kids and you can pretty much have like a seven day a week, 24 hour a day free schedule, mm-hmm. would you say? <laughs> it's, um, no, it's, it's an adventure. Like it offers so much. It's definitely not your average job. It's, it's a lifestyle kind of job. Um, 
And so it's a bit all encompassing really, because if you're um, away on a trip, you're really sort of like, you're at work, but you're not. So you kind of like um, have dinner with the people that you just worked with. And it's, it's, it's very, very unique in that way and makes it very fun. And it makes you build bonds um, with your fellow crew really quickly because of that as well. Yeah. Okay. So you'd have to be pretty passionate about it to get into a job like that. Cause I mean, you know, if you weren't sure, you probably wouldn't make it through the training. I think so. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's, it's um, the reality of it is a lot different to what people think. And so, you know, there's a lot of apprehension people might have of like, I'd always be away. Um, and I had that too, actually, cause I started, um, domestically um, for about a year and a half before I went to international. I've been flying now for four years. So, um, and I thought, oh, have I made the wrong decision to go international? You know, like I'm going to be away so much. But you actually, in my experience, going up to Asia, which was basically the the routes that I did, it was only, you know, I'd leave one morning, um, you know, on at nine o'clock or something, we'd depart and then I'd be, be, be back Less than 48 hours later, um, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, we get back in. So, it, and then you have a few days off because you, you get quite a few days off. So, that's definitely one of the perks of the job. Um, I like yes, it. Yes. So, that's always <laughs> nice. So, as I said, it's not your average um, nine to five because you, you're sort of working a lot less. Like when you're working, you're working antisocial hours often. Um, but say you have a whole, you know, 24 hours or more. Um, which is considered a work day, but you're actually not working wherever you are. Um, so that could be in Singapore or wherever, really, like Tokyo. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Okay. So with, with flying long haul, would you, would you sleep on the aircraft, you know, like and, and how did you manage to unplug while you're on the job? Because I know you know, there's, there's moments in between service where you guys actually get a bit of a chance to catch your yes, breath. Yeah. A bit of real um, disappear. So, yeah. <laughs> fill us in. I'm so interested to know what you guys do. Up yeah. There. It's, um, yeah. So on your nine hour sort of flight, there's basically two services and you, you do get, um, a couple of hours off. If it's a longer flight, like some of the ones I did to, to the U S um, you get you even longer off. So sometimes up to four hours on a 13 hour flight, which is pretty good because um, mm. they have um, bunks in those planes where you can actually lay down and um, it's a little secret compartment. Um, which is, uh, yeah. It's, it seems to interest everyone actually that um, aspect because yes. it's the whole bit of a plane, which unless you sort of knew where the door was, which actually it's very, very easy to find out just on YouTube or, um, there's been a lot of articles written about it, but um, yeah, that you lie down and you do have a have a couple of hours nap. But um, on the on the aircraft that I worked, it was just a curtained off uh, seated area, just like normal passenger seats. Um, but that was, I guess, you could say a bit povo compared to actually having a bed. <laughs> Okay, I was gonna ask. It's not a hundred and eighty degree flat bed like. No, I class, wish. Um, we yeah, we were kind with the service and everything. Yeah, we were like um, yeah, just in our basically just in the main cabin, so you could just see it. Like anyone could sort of know that was something there. Um, but it was yeah. it was good. Like on the night flights, especially, you get a couple of hours. Like you'd be pretty tired all the time, so mm. you you would just have a doze for a couple of hours and um. Like I said, I always used to say, um, 
you know, I don't know any other job where you're actually getting paid to like sleep, but literally you do at times get paid to sleep. But to be honest, you need it as well. So I mm. can't see them not having that just with the time zones and the, the hours. You, you really do long haul need some kind of crew rest. That's right. And while you're having a little bit of R&R, is there a chance for you to get in touch with friends and family at home? Like do you have access to like Wi-Fi? So or- no, actually. Um, so that that's what a lot of people would probably really like because especially crew with families um, back home, you know, there's that whole thing of you're in the air all day. So you're basically unreachable, you know, for for that 10-hour or 12-hour period. So um, it mm. would be nice. I mean, I know that the Wi-Fi is coming um, on a lot of carriers or already exists um, on some mm. of the big ones. Yeah. Um, it's a bit patchy though depending when you, where you're flying based on the satellite. So mm. certain airlines are just trying to – it's expensive too, I think. Um, you have to pay for it. Um, but, yeah, what I mm. normally do to, to unplug is, is um, they actually with the in-flight entertainment have these um, – mindfulness um kind of little sessions you can do so any of the passengers can do them as well so i I do some of those just to sort of decompress from like the hecticness of the the service and you know running drinks up and down the aisles and and so that gives you you know that 15 20 minute sort of yeah um i don't know just respite really yes yeah and you definitely need it because you know, all of my experience flying long haul or even domestically, like all the cabin crew are so, so seamless. Yes, mostly. You know, and to make it to make it look seamless, there is so much prep and so much that you guys have to do behind the scenes that we don't see because we're there for the customer yeah. experience of all most yeah. people, you know, it's kind of like, hmm. They're a bit late. Yeah, yeah, everyone's kind of waiting I for might, the first I drink. Buzz, I might buzz yeah, again. Definitely. It's like, no, no, they're on to it. Yeah, like- it's a it's a process. <laughs> and you know, like without wanting to be too critical of um the airlines, like some of them they've reduced staff as well. So if you've got a full cabin, it's gonna be interesting in the future. But if you've got like a full flight with no spare seats, you literally like to get through everyone and and um you might only have six or so crew. Um, in economy and that's for like 269 people um so mm. you can like you know it's pretty full on if it's if it's a full service airline carrier doing you know a meal service and then you know if you start from the front work your way to the back but you're still serving the back people by the time the first row people want their second drink you know so i mean most people are pretty good but there are um i reckon too like um a bit of a diva mentality with um, certain passengers more so long haul than domestic because I guess the people that travel long haul often have a bit more money or they, they live in, um, mm. yeah, they're used to maybe being weighted on a fair bit more um, based on their lifestyle where mm. they live overseas or their, their culture or something like that. Um, but, yeah. Or because that they probably because they have to be in the plane longer that as well. As yes. well. Yeah. <laughs> I want the full service and I want it from start yeah. to finish. Yeah, Thank they know you. it's included. So, <laughs> look, we're happy to give. It's um, it's not like we have to, like, spend, like, if it's there to give, I love to just give it all out. It's just getting to everyone basically and, and that's the challenge. Um, but, yeah, look, it's good. Like, busy being busy at work 
is always good, right? Like day goes quick. You kind yeah. of just get into it. Um, yeah. Definitely. I um I did wonder as well, do you eat the same food as what is dished out for so, everybody? So um, yes and no. Like um, we mm-hmm. – <laughs> we we're like little Sorry, vultures. Like a little bit of a trade no, secret. Yeah, so we get our own crew meals loaded, which are in a ceramic dish. They're a bit like on a proper tray, and you know, like a little a proper, a proper tray, tray, yeah, like with actual cutlery, Jeez. um, like how it used to probably be, <laughs> with yeah, with cutlery. like um, oh, yeah. So me. we, but yeah, God, you get sick of. We still <laughs> we still find something to whinge about though. Like so, we'll just pick around whatever we think looks nice sometimes the passenger meals are actually nicer um than what we have and sometimes there's leftover food from business class and um that's a whole other story with who gets that who gets what there and um look i some crew bring their own food because they're very um health conscious or diet conscious um as well so that's fair enough um yeah yeah we kind of just you know look around and what looks good and there's often heaps of food left over um, or not everyone eats it. So you have a few choices. If you don't like one, you, you chuck it and you try the next one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be, that would be cool just having it all at your fingertips. But you, I suppose like from the customer experience, it's like, oh, this is like it's all, it just seems very like limited. Yes. Like you're not getting big meals no. or anything like that. And you probably wouldn't want to when you're in the sky for that long. So like the snacks and everything like that, that come around pretty regularly, like they're always. Yes. Yeah. It's it, the danger with being a flighty is just snacking on too much crap. Basically like you've got, yeah, you want, I don't know, more of the sort of, it's just dangerous when you're, especially on the night flights, when you're bored and wanting a boost of energy, um, you kind of have those ice creams or biscuits or whatever. And you're just like, Oh, should I? what I started doing was when I felt like something because those night flights when everyone's kind of asleep and you're not on your break and you're just kind of patrolling the aisles and responding to call bells or whatever it is, um, you know, you're kind of, it gets pretty boring at times, depending who you're working with too. Some people Mm. are just not, you know, everyone's different. Um, So some people you're just like, um, not vibing. So I'll make myself, instead of eating, I'll make myself just a cup of green tea or peppermint tea after the other and that'll sort of just, you know, just pass the time a bit. Suppress, suppress the appetite. Suppress the yeah, cravings. feel like you're having something without having something kind of thing. Yeah. It would be hard because it's kind of like, it's kind of like being at home but you can't leave home. Exactly. But you're surrounded by a lot of other people that you need to look after before yourself and it's, I can relate to that actually being, being a mum working bet. from yeah, home. Yeah, you know, pulled in a few different directions, you know? Yeah, kids, you know, he's, he's looked after, he's got like a five star meal and I'm in the cupboard eating a yes, packet of chips. In a spare moment kind of thing. Like, exactly. You're <laughs> yeah. getting, meeting his needs and you're like, oh, I finally got a, a bit of a minute to like shove something down my face or throat or whatever the word is. Uh. <laughs> and then, then your kid or, or the passenger comes into the galley and like, excuse me. And you're like, just trying to sneakily eat. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, that's what the curtain's there for. So we do use the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. So in regards to like health and well-being. How do you keep 
like like skincare and stuff like that and how do you like do, do you do you function well with the the dry um, like the, the you, compression and the dry air yeah and, um, yeah no also like have have you ever had dramas with your ears like constantly like taking off like ascending and descending like, and yeah things like that have you always had not any really there? with the ears um but but i i know many yeah. people that have and um i i think you need to Sounds a bit gross, but with the ears, because you are going up mm. and down a lot, um, it, you get a bit of wax build up. So you need to kind of get those flushed out. Some flighties mm. have more issues with that than others. It sort of depends on your ear canals, but yeah, I've got I've got sensitive ears, yeah. so I've always um not struggled, but I've sometimes you can't pop your ears, or one pops and the other one's giving you pain. So I'm just wondering because you guys do it so yeah. often. Wondering whether there's a I don't really feel like um, (laughs) we, yeah, the regular, it just depends on your ears, but I think, I don't think the regularity Mm. of it, um, it it is dangerous to fly though if you've got a blocked sort of or really congested sinuses. So I'd suggest anyone, um, Mm. passenger or um, crew, um, don't fly if they can, if they've got sort of like really um, congested sinuses, because you can sort of have. Um, ear trauma on on descent and so that can you can blow an eardrum but that's pretty extreme and pretty unlikely in my experience and what I've heard um yeah other health though you're so right like it's heaps of health considerations it's considered one of the most unhealthy jobs actually in the world um being a flight attendant which is a bit of a reality check um it's definitely not glamorous as in in a lot of ways um just the germs and oh god you know obviously COVID-19, 2020, that's, um, mm. hello. Mm, hello. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was waiting for that shoe to drop um, somewhere on the podcast, but it's just so relevant right yeah. now to our job. Yeah. Like how, how long are you here for? Yeah, when are you exactly. Leaving? <laughs> um, it's just all encompassing. But so that's going to make, mm. um, be a consideration for some people, I guess, wanting to do the job in the future that the, um, you're obviously, cause you're in contact with so many different people from, so many different countries and in close contact, um, you've got to stay healthy um, to try and ward off any potential because there's germs, you know, on a plane. There's as much as they can try and um, clean them and they could be cleaned better and they are being cleaned better now. You're still going to get um, way more exposure to things like that, I would say. And, um, and yeah, of, and also because of um, different time zones and um, it's, it's a physical job actually. Um, so it's good to try and keep yourself in a good baseline level of fitness so you can, yeah, so you can meet the demands of the actual job because you're on your feet all day and, um, well, not all day but most of the day and, yeah, um, mm. that's definitely a big consideration too. That's right. And, like, your mental health as well is such True. a big thing to look after too because I suppose, like you were saying before, Julian, about, not being able to have access to home and things like True, that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know how you go to a normal mm-hmm. job and they say, you know, you leave home at home and then when you leave work, you leave work at work type thing. It's kind of like when you're going to like, you know, being a flight attendant, you've got to leave life at home and just dedicate all that's, to the that's job. That's so true. And um, it really, mm. it really is um, – yeah, you kind of like life at home is a bit on pause if you're on a – there was a few 
seven day, eight day trips I used to do. And they, while they were so fun, you definitely, in my, my experience, didn't want to do them all the time because I really value having a home life as well. Um, that's right. And you'd be missing your exactly. family and your friends and, and your partners. Um, it's and a little bit unstable. No, it is. It's a bit unstable to do mm. that kind of flying all the time, I think. Some people love it because they basically have a different life over in um, these places that they go to every fortnight or whatever. Um, so that becomes their life. But then I feel like that might come at a cost to um, your stable home life, which I really value. So if you can kind of, it's if you you have to be conscious of that aspect and try and balance it because um yeah i think mental health is actually a really underreported um issue with i guess any kind of people that um travel for work so business travelers you know um that are always on the road or um yeah it's um it can be like us well, travel exactly. agents yeah. as well yeah you know you're doing your famils mm. and um yeah it's just we're always away from family and we're experiencing new and exciting things, but we can't, like we're sharing it with other travel agents, but there's not the opportunity to share it with your loved ones because yeah, they're not there. Yeah, that, that's hard sometimes. Um, it's tricky. It's also mm. nice that you've got your agent family with you. So I guess that really builds the bonds too. Like it's your little network. But, yeah, mm. it is. Um, it is like separate if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I do think um, sometimes it can be um, quite a lonely um, job too. So you've got to stay connected um, and grounded in other ways. Um, so, yeah, like taking taking time for yourself or bringing stuff on trips, trying trying to kind of do something. Um, if you, It's more on those trips where you're away for longer, I'd say. Um, not so much the ones where you only, you know, really have 24 hours in, in the different destination, but the ones where you're sort of tacked onto longer trips or you'll, some of them, you know, you'll go up from Australia up to Asia, then back to Australia, stay in Australia for in a different city, not your home city, and then back up to Asia as all mm. part of the one trip, if that makes sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, yes. I think just the amount of time in the sky and the, the different time zones that can put you out of whack you're a, you're awake when everyone else at home is asleep um so that can be challenging as well yeah yeah i've often thought that i um for working with the red oh, yes. flying kangaroo the boing 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 <laughs> <laughs> was there any like particular employee perks of the job that they would offer you or, um, you know, to make the, the deal a little bit sweeter for joining So them. there are some good perks um, in general, I would say. It does depend on the airline. Um, the best perk, I'd say, mm. um, for anyone is access to staff travel. Like um, that basically means that you can um, fly for just the taxes really, Um so oh, you lucky bad. little thing. We don't. We don't have I know, that they as should, travel they should Introduce that. Um, yeah, oh, um, but it's should. it's ob- it's not a perfect system. You have to um, obviously. Usually, there's some some spare seats though, but you're not confirmed. Um, you're on standby. Um, but mm. but if you're if yes. you suss it, like you'd actually be the best one to be able to suss it because you know all the different flights quite well and and um, and when they leave yeah. and. And the availability. And availability. Yeah, you've got access to, and... to good availability. Whereas mm. um, we can do 
it's it's not just the um, airline I work for, but it's also um, others in their um, alliance, and also um, they have mm. arrangements with with um, other airlines too. So you get different priorities. Sometimes they'll put you on before other staff from other airlines. There's a whole. It's quite complicated actually, but um, if you've got a backup plan, so if I don't get onto this one, I'll try this airline. Um, that leaves on the same date or go through this city. You just kind of have a few options. But um, if, if it's only just you and one other person, that's only two people, usually there's two seats. Um, but if you've got a family yeah. of five or four on school holidays, then you have to kind of, yeah, then you might just want to just book with a budget carrier and just know that you confirmed. Mm. But that's mm, definitely one that's of the best perks. And, and, yeah, yeah, that's got to be the top one. And, um there's other ones as well, though, for sure. Do you get, like, um, hotel discounts and um, things like get, that? Yeah, so in the hotels that you stay in, um, the hotels usually um, will give the airline crew 50% off sometimes, as much as 50% off um, the in-room dining and um, or, like, a couple of uh, vouchers to drink at the bar, which is always very welcomed um, after a long <laughs> flight. <laughs> so, yeah, and also one of the cool things is um, as far as I know, um, not all long-haul crew get this, but um, a lot do, is uh, local currency, so cash allowances for your, um, for your dinner, breakfast and lunch or however long you're in that place, you get local currency to, to spend um on all your expenses basically um, while you're there, but it's, it's quite generous. So it oh, definitely that helps. helps. Yeah, That's so, helpful. Um, <laughs> that really tops up our, our wages. Like um, even though it's supposed to be fully expended, it's tax free. Um, so it's really quite yeah. fab because, um, you know, like if you're getting into the industry now, the pays aren't what um, the salaries aren't definitely what they used to be, but that is pretty good, pretty generous to be honest. So that definitely tops it up. That's right. And being able to have like the meals and things like that, a part yes. of it too. Yeah. Does, just not having to you spend know. your own money. And like and that's, that's, just from the travel perspective, like to, right. just, just to try different restaurants in the city and um, yeah, and know that you don't have to penny pinch really because that's kind of what that money's there for. So yeah, it's pretty good. That's right. And I'm looking through my notes and um, that's, number one reason why you love to yes, travel, isn't it? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that is the joy. It connects us all um, together around the world, even if we don't speak any a single word of wherever we are. Um, food is just universal. So, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's like it feels... It feels so close but yet so far away that we could get back to all these places because at time of recording, we're slack bang in the middle of COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, our country has been on lockdown like, and, you know, um, restricted from international travel and a lot of domestic travel as well. So we're in, we're in right in, in the it, aren't thick we, of Julian? it. And it's, right just, it. Um, it's just such a doozy <laughs> because travel um, – has just been so much part of my life and so many people's lives. It's quite bizarre to think, um, yeah, just the, the fact of like now hopping on a plane is just so difficult. And, um, and yeah, like it's obviously going to make it that much more sweeter when we can do it again. But um, 
I guess this is something you're going to be talking about um, in other episodes on your podcast too, Steph, like just how travel is going to change because it will. Um, and, uh, you know, in the medium to short term at least, maybe one day it'll be, every, you know, cheap again, but I think it's get, going to get more expensive and it's not going to be um, in the masses, I think, that we saw. So that's going to be interesting. That's right. Well, I think um, I'm, I'm definitely all in on assisting travel in its new direction and that is basically just making yeah. mindful decisions, making decisions that are solely your own, um, travelling Traveling in a way and and booking and you know having a travel agent that's passionate booking products on your behalf that align with your why why you're traveling what's your purpose behind your travel what kind of travel are you so this is why I have a whole podcast based on travel personalities um, so speaking of which how when you have time off and you and you probably do overseas how do you travel Julian like what's your sort of go to like do you have a particular style that you indulge in um and i mean indulge because it, that that word means different <laughs> differently yeah. to other yep. people Dif- you know because it my, my sense of indulging is putting on some slippers and a robe and no look there's so many out. yeah and, and that, there's no right or wrong <laughs> way isn't it but it is so um personal and i like the idea mm. of you doing the intentional yeah. travel and trying to assist people um to book a trip and to create an itinerary that really um, connects with their values and their style because that's it's travel is such a personal thing. And I think um, for me personally, I really like just the um, not having too many plans. Obviously, I like a little bit of comfort and a base level line of luxury. So, I, you know, if you had have asked me um, 10 years ago, I would have been fine with, you know, roughing <laughs> it um, – but if I guess I err towards um, a cosmopolitan style travel, so I I mean I love nature, I love doing adventurous things, but I'm more of a, a foodie, a city culture arts kind of guy. So um, in terms of like my yeah. style, though, I try not to um, I try not to have a massive list of um, checklists. So. One of the best things I think I did this in your said this in your question questionnaire is like I just like to hit hit the ground yeah. and just um, you know start on foot. And I don't even care if I get lost if, if it's in a you know pretty safe city. You know I don't go wandering around at night in random neighbourhoods. Sure, but like but that's the fun of just kind of seeing. Oh, this look this street looks kind of cool. Like what's down here, or you know like not even knowing where you're going and then just immersing yourself. And getting your bearings of the city that way, um, yeah, not being afraid to jump on mm. um, the the subways or trains. Who cares if you get lost? Just get a taxi. Just get your um. Like I'd always say, people should have roaming or some sort of get, get it pretty cheaply now, five dollars a day or whatever with Vodafone. Mm. Um, you know, like just sorry, Vodafone. I mean, plug <laughs> free plug. <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah honestly I just think just yeah if you get lost use your maps on your phone or connect to a wi-fi hotspot um to get your bearings again but but that's my style personally that's right I think I think the idea of that is so intriguing to a lot of people but there are still and you know in in my profession there's still a lot of people that like to have their hand held the whole way 
Um, and like, I, I get it from both perspectives. Like I've done trips where I've completely just winged it and, you know, loved it. And I was in the middle of the hills in the central well, country yeah. in Japan, out the out in the bush, waiting for a bus. There was no cars even on the road, waiting for this bus. So we didn't know what was coming. There was a, a sign up there with a little bear. It was a cartoon bear though. So you didn't know how serious it was because it's in Japanese. I was thinking, does that mean there's bears in the area or is it just like a cute little sign? Yeah, because they love all the cute kawaii sort of like cartoony things. You're like, what does this mean? Yeah. Yes. It's like, okay, so it looks, it doesn't look mean, but I'm wondering, there's probably bears out here. So I need to kind of work on my escape (laughs) route if one comes near us. Let's find some sticks and like clack clack them away. <laughs> it is it is a bit daunting though, right? Sometimes, but you know, yeah, it's an it's adventure. The, it is the it's adventure. So it also depends on so many factors too. Like it depends who you're with. Like I'm okay getting lost if it's just me. Like, but if I'm with someone else that's getting fractious or irritable about it, then it kind of kills it a bit because they're like, oh, you know. So. If I get lost, it's on me kind of thing. Whereas if I get someone else lost, then it's like, oh, then I feel a bit bad. And yeah, so it's, yeah, there's there's no right or wrong, I suppose. And you, I guess one thing is to be prepared that you will sometimes not find somewhere easily to eat. Like you'd be hungry and you'll start getting hangry and you'd be like, oh, I just want something like this. And it's just the only thing you can't seem to find. You can find everything else. But like I've been in places I just want a coffee. And I'm so cranky and, like, I literally mm. cannot find a coffee but I'm in, like, the middle of a major city. I'm like, how can that just not be, like, I'll take anything. <laughs> like, uh, like Macca's coffee couldn't even find, like, do you know what I mean? Like, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And sometimes when you're overseas and you, you can't, yeah, you've got the hankering for something and yes. you can't even put your finger on it even. And it doesn't matter where you are. It's kind of like, oh, I'll try that. Yeah, and that didn't, exactly. Didn't and that's me, with the food side of things. Like you've got to expect <laughs> that some things are going to be misses, but some things are going to be hits. And like, I guess I'm adventurous with food anyway, um, whereas um, other people aren't as much. So yeah, like you, for every amazing bit of food, you just kind of you're like, oh, that was a bit weird. But sometimes just trying something. What, what was did that I just kind of eat? Thing? But sometimes you'll have something so <laughs> delicious. And if you had have just had the the standard kind of Western meal, you'd be, you know, just you could have that anywhere. So That's right. And do you tend to go to like the more authentic traditional style places? I over do. Like I do try to, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's hard yeah. sort of knowing what's what, I think. That is the challenge. Um, but, again, like, you know, if you if you want the safe bet, and there's definitely, you know, the time and place when you just, you want something that you know what it is and that's fine too. But I do try, especially if I'm in a, a culture like Japan um, with this amazing food mm. to really just try different stuff, even if that's like some kind of random seafood, like so be it. <laughs> cool See it's on my it plate is. i'm yeah. gonna eat it <laughs> i love that it's all part of experimenting and building those memories and creating that um lifelong passion and love for travel and i love food as well so i literally just follow my stomach around everywhere i go when i'm overseas and yeah. japan especially 
my gosh, I've had I've had some really oh, yeah. amazing food there. Um, in Singapore as well, they've they're just oh, some of their restaurants. I'm thinking they do it so Australia. well. Bring your yeah. franchise here. You know, like we, I I will go and see you a few times a week if you make one around oh, the know. corner from there's my house. So much stuff. <laughs> You'll be guaranteed Honestly, there's so business. much stuff. I, I feel like I took it for granted as a flighty, but there's so much stuff that I had access to on you know a weekly or fortnightly or monthly basis in this certain culture like um for example muji i don't know if you know the japanese kind of like a department store but they have it's a little bit like a i carry but they have really cool homewares they even sell clothes and you know i just sort of thought i can pick that up next time or you know there's so many things muji is in sydney i'm pretty sure and melbourne but um yeah heaps of stuff like that that you just kind of yeah as a flight attendant you get to um yeah like you're very spoiled because you do have just these opportunities because you're in different places to to bring back little treasures and um try different things um all the time I love that. Do you have a message for people listening who may be keen on getting into cabin crew in the future when things start getting up off the ground? So I do imagine they'll be re-advertising the Definitely. jobs, you know, in the next yes. six months or so. So people would be able to have the opportunity to start doing their training at least. Is there any tips or to to, to get the job to or just um yeah, just just beforehand, like if they're yeah, not. If they're um, about I guess it. the 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 main thing is to really just try and um, position yourself as someone who delivers premium customer service. So um, if you can kind of um, answer the questions in the interview from that framework, um, you have a group assessment days. There's there's a whole you could almost do a whole pod- podcast on that as well. But um, yeah, there's I mm. guess the main thing is mm. there's some advantages if you. Um, if you can speak another language, that's really highly um, sought after, but it's not necessary either. Um, yeah, mm. the, the main the main tips would just be not to give up. I think it is a really um, a really popular job, and I was I, I consider myself a bit of a fluke that I got into it, Steph. Like it was literally, I think mm. about I started domestic, and um, I was casual. Um, so you have to just sort of it just to get in, I guess take. Take a regional airline if that's what, you know, you, you might not be doing um, overnights at first, but um, because you've been a cabin crew, you'll, you know, you'll definitely get into when there's a, you, you'll have your ear to the ground for the next position and you're already probably um, working for the airline to get um, international or something like that uh, down the track. So, yeah, don't give up. Keep applying. Um it's a little bit of luck of the draw too. So it's a little bit um, right time, right place um, as well. But if you can, yeah, um, really talk up your premium customer service and give examples of times you've done certain things to help customers, that, that's what I would recommend. Oh, that's great. I love that. And you I do, have a blog yeah. too, it's, don't you, um, Julian? Yeah, I did um, the Cabin Crew blog. It's um, Cabin Crew chitchat.com so if you want to i guess learn more about what flight attendants talk about that's kind of the blog for it um yeah so it's been a lot of fun just kind of everything like there's one about you know where flight attendants prefer to work in business class or economy or just you know lots of random little um dialogue between crews so it's all yeah 
it's all in that vein. That's right. You've got um, a little bit of information there about the training and the work conditions yes, definitely. and the lifestyle so, yeah, as well. It's, it's a pretty realistic kind of view um, of what it's like. Um, and it's not, not necessarily all the good things either. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's oh, no holds barred, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, yes, you definitely got to check that out. I've, I've read a couple of your, of your stories and, and we've spoken about it before. I won't bring it up now. <laughs> I think I know which blog you're referring to, but yeah. You know, you know. So you have to go over and have yeah, a look and thanks, try and Steph. find the yeah. one that I'm talking about. No, it's about. been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it's all a bit on hiatus at the moment, but every now and then I really just get that yearning for um, crew life and I get inspired to sit down and tap away at the keyboard. And, yeah, there's just so many aspects to it, so lots of material. Love it. You're on Facebook as well too. That's right. The yeah, there's a Cabin Facebook Crew page and people want to um, search for it that way. Cool. Nice. Lovely. Oh, we'll no, have had, to go over yeah, and like your page then. Let's do a reciprocal then. liking of each other's pages. <laughs> um, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds fantastic. I'm so appreciative that you're able to come on the show today and have a chat about your life as yeah a, no it's been know, great Thanks, Steph. I so love a chance to chat and um, yeah no it's been fab speaking to you and um yeah all the best with your podcast and uh looking forward to listening to future episodes as well thank you yeah I'll, I'll have to get you back on the show again soon and I'm so grateful to Kate which is a yeah. friend of she both of ours up. um professionally yeah, she did, and just little, little did we know that we actually grew it up in the same group yeah. of people, yeah, as well, and it's beautiful part the same of the town. world. So. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Alrighty, well, I'll let you go. Thank you so much once keep again, it real. and Thanks, yeah, Bye. keep it real. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Jules. Bye. That was fantastic. Loved the insight, Julian. Thank you again for joining me on the podcast. Looking forward to helping you back soon and listening to more travel stories. If you've loved today's episode, head over to travelbystephanie.com.au forward slash 22 and you can download all the gossip, including the links to Cabin Crew Chit Chat, which is Julian's blog, and also you can catch it on Facebook as well. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you left me a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That would make my day. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you do or follow if you're a Spotify lover like me. And we can get together soon and talk all things travel. Hope you all taking care of yourselves and we'll chat soon. Thanks again. Bye. And sometimes my mommy just got it. He's a travel agent all day. He works so hard. He's a travel agent and loves me.